0: It's time for the View in Your Mirror podcast. I'm Katie Harms, and along with Lisa Rubin, we help you check in and curate the best possible you and the best view in your mirror. We share tips, tricks, and strategies from our 35-plus years in our respective industries. We talk about your day from morning to night and everything in between. We share our uniqueness, relish in our shared experiences. Along the way, we share conversation with fabulous people who give us their own thought-provoking insights. So come along as we help you hone the best view in your mirror. Lisa, Lisa, Lisa,
1: I understand
0: I'm giving you anxiety.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Katie, I love you. I know you you do.
0: I know, Lisa, uh, I keep thinking about the, the saying, I don't know who said it, so I can't even attribute it to anybody, but that if it's not difficult, it's not worth doing. I think that sums up your relationship with me, right?
2: At times. Yes. Today is one of those days, Katie. (laughs) Well, we've had a little bit of a morning.
0: We've had a little bit of a morning getting going, but isn't this like, you know, the duck swimming on the pond where everything is cool and put together on the surface. So when our podcast drops were just going to seem so seamless, but underneath it's all the swimming and the paddling and the fast movements and the all of those things.
2: Well, you know, technology and me are not like best friends. And so when there's technical problems, I get anxiety because I don't know how to fix those. Like I, I know how to fix other things. So mm-hmm. now our technology is working and I'm looking forward to this podcast and our guest, Patty Saskin, who is the owner of Yum restaurants. And I've been looking forward to this podcast for a long time. You and Patty might have a little bit of a history together. We do. Patty and I have been friends and have known each other since sixth or seventh grade. And I spent a lot of time in her kitchen when we were younger. She always made me great food because that's not my deal. So anyone that will cook great food for me, I'm super happy. Her family and our family and my husband's family, it's, we're all kind of like family. But that's actually what Patty's all about, is community and family. And so Yum, that is really her model, is community, family, her employees are like family. And when you go into a Yum restaurant, you feel that. You feel that energy. I just so. can imagine, we'll have to ask her where the name came from because to me I can
0: just imagine if she has been cooking and creating for all this time and if she's going to put something in front of you and the first thing out of your mouth is probably going to be yum.
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll have to ask for that question. That's uh, definitely. And all her sisters and her mom they they're all phenomenal cooks. And so I used to get so excited to go to her house because I just sat at the kitchen table and all these things happened in the kitchen and I I just loved it. That's a really wonderful memory of mine growing up. I
0: can only imagine. So it's super excited because yum is like the staple when, when you really know you want good quality, a good atmosphere. I have never walked in there where I haven't been greeted and treated well. And the food has been magnificent. They are in Minnesota. Who knows what the future holds for her. We're going to find that out too. In the
2: meantime, What's your go-to for comfort food? My comfort food, I have different kinds of comfort food. If I need like a sugar or a sweet treat, I go to yum. And there's several treats that I get. It depends what kind of mood I'm in. But the patty cake is the number one. It's the number one for everyone in my family, for every event, for everything that is exciting and fun and birthdays, always a patty cake, always. We don't even do birthday cakes anywhere else. But for like, if I'm not feeling well, what is my comfort food? Yum, chicken soup. I think yum has great chicken soup. So I like chicken soup. I like some good bread, Um, Rustica, one of those places. So those are a few of my comfort foods. How about you, Katie?
0: I would have to say if I had to pick one thing, I just love a good steak. And anything with sauteed onions, and I'm a happy girl. Anyone who is my friend knows sauteed onions with most every meal. I'm... <laughs> so I will order a steak with a side of sauteed onions, and I'll generally tell them to saute the whole darn onion.
2: Wow. Didn't know that about you.
0: I could leave the starch behind. I mean, I like potatoes, I like rice, but I don't need it. If I'm really feeling like I want some comfort food, I'll roast vegetables. I love roasted vegetables.
2: I like roasted vegetables too, but I am a starch girl. I'm a sweet and starch girl. So, when it comes to comfort food, that's what I really like. I mean, a cookie for me, just give me a cookie. I don't really care what kind it is actually. I love cookies. I think the problem with me on that is that it's hard for me to stop at one cookie. Oh, I'm I'm good at that. You are. But I don't get small cookies. I mean, the yum cookies are not small. They are not. They're, no. So if you're a- shareable, yeah, I don't really like to share my cookies. <laughs> I might give them a little bite, but I think comfort food, just like comfort clothes and comfort things in your home are all very important for our daily living. And I think everybody has some sort of comfort food. Absolutely. And if you're not careful,
0: too much of your comfort food will cause you to have a different set of comfort clothing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, your comfort food is roasted vegetables, Katie. That's true. It is interesting because don't you think though, Lisa, that your clothing, whenever you're wearing it,
2: should be comfortable? Yes, but when I say comfort clothing, I don't mean it actually being comfortable. I mean that you put something on that makes you feel good. So for example, when you get home from work or you're working all day in your house, but you still have to have maybe your Zoom clothes on. At the end of the day, generally people change into something for when they're done work, working or they're done with their daily errands, whatever it is. That outfit that you wear, that's probably in shreds, has holes, has stains, snags, is your comfort clothing. And for you, it feels really, really good. But for some people, they're looking at you like, oh, my God, seriously, I think you need to throw that away. If I'm going through someone's closet and they have like a pair of sweatpants or they have a sweatshirt or they and it's in a pile and they're like, oh, this used to be my favorite. Do I really have to get rid of it? I might say to them, these can be your house clothes or your comfort clothes or you're watching TV clothes or you're doing house cleaning clothes,
0: then keep it. The problem is for me and maybe others that if I have that type of clothing and I put it on when I get home, invariably I have to run to Target and then I run into somebody I know.
2: (laughs) That's the problem. (laughs) Well, that's up to you, Katie. Like I have my comfort clothing that I have in my house and I would not leave the house with it. And it will remind me, like I have gone to the door ready to leave. And I look down and go, Ooh, I better change that. (laughs) (laughs) Now in the wintertime, when we have our big coats on, yeah, we could probably throw the coat on over it. But Mm. for me personally, those clothes are like my in-house clothes. I don't think of them as out of the house clothes. And they're clothes that I've had for a really long time. You know, it's a sweatshirt and sweatpants for me. That is threadbare at this point, but I love it. It's comfort. It's soft. I could cuddle up on the couch with it. Some people it's a bathrobe, bathrobe and slippers. Some people it's their pajamas, soft pajamas, and maybe they don't wear them to sleep in because they're too hot. You know, the comfort thing is, is really interesting. I would pose. Yes. You do want to be
0: comfortable in whatever you are putting out in the world. And everything has a time and place, right? Even your comfort clothes, that time and place is in your home and probably not at Target, even though you think you're just running for a second. Speaking from experience, really the comfort of living in your spaces too. When people are less than organized, I can't imagine that feeling of trying to get out the door in the morning or get to where you need to go because that comfort is not there. So you want to create the comfortable wardrobe, those comfort clothes, your professional clothes. I mean, how many people do you know that rip their bra off the minute they get home because it's so uncomfortable?
2: And they have the wrong bra, Katie.
0: They have the wrong bra. But in any cases, if it's uncomfortable, you have the wrong size or the wrong fit or the wrong whatever that comes through in your homes too. You have the wrong layout of where your kitchen utensils are. And these are things that really require a little bit of time and forethought if you're going to think to change these things. It's much easier to think about where you might be going to dinner. That's a quick decision at the end of the day. The pre-planning that goes into setting up your space takes a little bit more, especially if you've been in your space a long time. But if you think about it as it's the pulse of your home, your storage areas and how you live is affected by how you store things, how you access things, how you go into the closet and feel comfort. Do you feel comfort when you go into the closet to put on your comfort clothes or do you feel frustrated because you can't find what you're
2: looking for? hundred percent. And when you have to think about it and you take the time and you realize, hmm, maybe that's why I'm not, as I call it, tucked in at night. But, you know, everybody has something because I think it feels good. It kind of tucks you in at night, lets you wind down. Or if you're a person that likes to cook in the kitchen, you can put an apron on, but you might have clothes that you cook in and they have stains all over them, but they're stains from cooking and you love that. I think the same thing goes for food, you know, like you're thinking, I don't want to cook tonight. Where should we go? What are you craving? What what do you want to eat? I mean, that's one of the reasons why yum, I think is so great because when you walk in and you see the big menu, there's so many different selections and diversity that depending on what your palate wants for the day, you can find something. Way to
0: bring it back to
2: yum. You are
0: becoming a podcast professional, Lisa Rubin.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Well, we should welcome Patty Soskin. So excited to have her. Patty Soskin and her husband Robbie own Yum Kitchen and Bakery, operating three locations in the Twin Cities. Patty started Yum in St. Louis Park in 2005, adding a second location in Minnetonka in 2015. St. Paul opened at the end of 2021. Yum is a made from scratch neighborhood restaurant featuring the best of each season. Yum is all about hospitality. Patty has been in the restaurant business for her entire career. Patty has held general management positions with Dayton's Restaurants and Catering, Leon Chin, Goodfellows, Pronto. Patty was a consultant to the Parasoli Restaurant Holdings and worked with their Oceanair, Buca, Chino Latino, Good Earth Concepts. Patty also owned Patty's Restaurant and Bar. Patty grew up in St. Paul and received a Bachelor of Science degree from the University of Minnesota. Patty and Robbie have four children, Jory and his wife Stephanie, Zach and Maddie, and two grandchildren, Riley and Parker.
0: We're going to welcome Patty in just one minute after we hear from our fabulous sponsor. Are you ready to elevate your jewelry and gift buying experience? Then you need Continental Diamond since 1981. Helene and Jimmy Pessis have been operating Continental Diamond. Their staff is highly trained, exceptional, and have been with them for many years, and they will help you find the exact right gift. For the past 13 years, Continental Diamond has been named Minnesota Bride's best jeweler. Beyond engagement rings, they have a large selection of fashion jewelry, timepieces, and they have one of the most experienced service departments around. You can visit them online at ContinentalDiamond.com. Go in and give yourself the gift of that experience. It's a special place located just 10 minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, right outside the West End. Plan your visit. Continental Diamond. ContinentalDiamond.com. Patty Saskin, thank you so much for being with us. We are beyond thrilled. To have you. Thanks. I'm thrilled to be here. We've talked a little bit in our intro. You have a long history with Lisa that goes back to childhood, which is so fantastic. I can't walk into Yom without really being excited to be there. And I've never had an experience where I wasn't welcomed and felt warm and found a place to sit. And the energy in that space is so phenomenal. And here's my here's my question for you. They say, whoever they are that if you have a passion for something and you turn it into a business, you can lose the passion. You clearly have not lost that passion. How do you maintain that incredible energy that goes into these beautiful restaurants?
3: Thank you. That's a great question, actually. um, I always say at Yum, we sell happiness. And I'm fueled for sure, obviously by our guests, by our employees, by creating new food. And, you know, I love loving people up and I thrive on that. We're in the hospitality business and it's all about the
0: hospitality. And that really comes through. Lisa, talk about your earliest memories with Patty.
2: Well, my earliest memories with Patty was going to her house, getting really excited because I was going to get food like all day. And we would sit with her and her sisters and some neighbors that might come over. And her and her sisters would just start cooking in the kitchen and just start throwing food on the table. And I would be there to eat it. And it was, I think about that still, I'm in my sixties now. And I remember that memory. And I tell Patty, it was a round table in the corner. You are sometimes right. And her mom would sometimes come in and maybe yell a little bit that we were being too messy or too loud. And then she would start cooking with them. I actually, Lisa, it's funny. I give my
3: mom credit for allowing me to make a mess in the kitchen and not know what I was doing. But that really inspired me. And I, uh, from the time I could turn this stove on, she really let us cook and make a
2: mess in the kitchen, which Uh, was awesome. And she was an amazing cook. She was an amazing cook. That's why she'd come in and go, I'll cook some stuff up for you. I mean, I literally would sit there sometimes all day and just eat.
0: <laughs> so then, Patty, when you were a little kid, did your mom, were you helping in the kitchen? What? And you have
3: sisters, right? So I do. I do. We all love to cook and we all love to entertain. And actually, my mom was an event planner also, but that was kind of later in life. But we came home after school and there was always like a fresh pot of soup for after school snack or family dinner. Get me going on family dinner. Family dinner was super important. Everything was always made from scratch. Everything was served beautifully. And to this day, I preach Family dinner. I so believe in family dinners. I think it's so important. Even if it's not homemade and from scratch, if you have to order pizza, I don't care. But sit down together and eat as a family.
0: You've created these spaces in your restaurants to be able to allow for that to happen too. You're not sitting there waiting forever to get your food. The experience of going up to the counter and seeing the pastries or seeing the set, sa- you know, seeing what's in the cases, and then easy to read menu boards and ordering and then that food comes. Comes to you. So, and then that's where the fun begins or continues,
3: right? Hope so. Yes.
2: So let's just talk about that for a minute. When you decided to open Yum, did you have the concept before the food or did it kind of evolve as you were thinking about it? A friend of mine bought the building and
3: said, let's open a restaurant. And I was a full time mom with three kids. I was 45 years old. I was doing some restaurant consulting with Parasole. And I thought my life was perfect. And he said, let's open a restaurant. I said, absolutely not. I've done, been there, done that. I, I had a restaurant that failed when I was 28 years old. So I didn't think I ever wanted to do that again. And then he said, just come look at the building. And I walked into the building and I had this vision. And I was like, let's open a restaurant. Let's do this. So that's kind of how it happened. Quickly. Yeah, wow. and it was a it, the quick serve idea came to mind. It, there were there were no quick serve restaurants around in those days. Um, maybe cafe latte was before us, but I knew what price point I wanted to be in. I knew I wanted it to be made from scratch, really good seasonal food, and that's still what we are today.
0: And you have a background. Talk a little bit about your background because you you talked about consulting for Parasolé, but you've been in the restaurant business a long time.
3: So I have, I've worked at most restaurants that you've heard of or forgotten about by now, but um, (laughs) I started at Pronto, the Italian restaurant in the Hyatt Regency Hotel as a food server. Well, I should say that before that I worked at the pantry. I worked at Pronto. I worked with Leanne Shin. I managed the Dayton's restaurants and and marketplace foods. That's Um, when I
2: was working there. I used to come down and, and we used to, you know, talk
3: about our days. Yeah. So. And then I quit Dayton's to be a full-time mom. And it was on a Friday afternoon. I went to the grocery store and I wrote, ran into Phil Roberts, who owns Parasole. And I said, I am so excited. I quit my job. I'm going to be a full-time mom. That was Friday at about three and Monday. I was <laughs> <being consulted>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, and honestly... As moms, I think we've all been in that field of
3: fitting the career in around being moms and doing them both well. And I was lucky because I would drop my kids at school in the morning, go to work. If there was a sports activity in the afternoon, lucky me, they were usually between lunch and dinner. So I got to sneak one of those in first. And uh, my kids used to say, though, that I had to make the dinner at home that bringing food home from the lo- from the restaurant didn't always have the same love. So. I had to cook at home too. Well, yeah.
0: somehow I don't think that was difficult for you to do. They had a lot of yum
3: meals, believe me. Okay. <laughs> What's your favorite go-to? I mean, if you need to put something together quickly, what is it? At home? Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I cook dinner every Sunday for my children and my parents, and I never, it's kind of crazy, cuz I don't like if you fail, you fail. So I never I don't make the same thing twice very often. I love reading and trying new recipes, and lots of times yum recipes start in my kitchen from a family dinner that we all really, really liked. So I don't have a necessarily a go-to. My kids might say it's just like sauteed chicken breasts with mashed potatoes and veggies. Truly your home is your test kitchen. It can be. I mean, obviously we work with, I have great chefs and cooks and sous chefs that I work with. That they make everything I, they take my ideas and make them way better than I am. And I think that is
0: indicative of you and everything that I have heard about you is that you
3: envelop people and you create this beautiful thing together Uh, well in in our world in our restaurant world there's no way anybody can do it by themselves and it's the team that we have I love taking care of people I love mentoring people we have for our business it's kind of unheard of we have many many long-term employees we're going on 18 years and I probably have a, a handful of employees that have been with us all 18 years at least so, That's
0: incredible.
3: Yeah. Super fun. So people could have more opportunity because I also love to promote from within.
2: Well, what's really nice is if you have been coming to YUM from the beginning, like I have, some of the employees remember you too. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes I'll go in and they'll, I mean, some of the people I do know, but some of them, they, they just know me and they'll yeah. go, Oh, hello, Lisa. And I'm always like, Oh my God. What's your name? What's your name? What's your name? (laughs) But I mean, to me, that's fabulous. It is.
3: Uh, One of our Doug who works with us, he came to me and he was a supervisor. And he said, I I think it's time for me to move on. I've been here the whole time. And I was like, I just wouldn't let him quit. I said, you can take as much time off as you want. He took two weeks off. And I said, but he's now, I call him the brand ambassador because he (laughs) does know everyone by name. It's a little cheers-like around there sometimes. (laughs)
2: That's
0: fantastic.
3: Well, the space too, I can see your
0: vision as you walk into that building. It's just bright and the windows and the high ceilings and really the blank canvas. So how you
3: laid it out when you go back to think about that, what was your thought process? Well, you know what? It evolved a little bit because in the beginning we had another counter where you actually went and paid for everything separate and there was more prepared food, more grab and go, but people sort of told us quickly what they really wanted. And so in that first two years, we changed it a bit to evolve to where we are today. It's Intentional chaos a little bit in there sometimes. The idea that the coffee bar is in one area and the where you order is in a separate food. You can order anything anywhere, but where the salads are prepared and the food, rest of the food is a different area. You know, it's all meant to be super visual too. I mean, people, we always say you eat with your eyes before you taste it. And all the little tchotchkes that I have, the retail. You know, it's fun because it gets to be seasonal and keeps it fresh too. Well, and that gives you another outlet. Do you have a buyer for the tchotchkes or is that something you do as well? It's me. And I laugh because it's very, um, it's not exactly the best business plan. If I like it, I buy it. And I always think if no one buys this, are you going to be happy owning it? <laughs> <laughs> and as I've had grandchildren, it's skewed to more kids' toys. So it's just kind of a funny thing, but it's, you know, there aren't foods on the menu that I don't like, and there aren't tchotchkes in the store to sell that I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that
0: makes sense. And I think we have to, we have to mention, I swear to God, you could probably call her a brand ambassador because anytime I know that she's going to meet people, um, it's going to be yum, which is Rashini. <laughs> Rashini <I love> Rajkumar. <laughs> she's so awesome. Our, she just and it's it's yum. I've had so many great
3: get-togethers with her there that it just makes me smile. So we have to give her a shout out because she's she a good friend. There of ours. almost every day, and she's so cute. She actually credited us in her first book um, because she spent so much time there writing. She's awesome. Love her. She.
0: That's fantastic. She's a people
3: connector. She's an awesome woman.
0: She's definitely a people connector. Well, we were talking about comfort clothes and I said, well, if you have too much comfort food, you need to change your wardrobe of comfort clothes. (laughs) But I don't think there's uh, my problem when I come in there is that there's too many things that I I can hardly decide. So I can see why, especially when you talk about it being a neighborhood place, the coming back and coming back to have that kind of variety that has to be
3: difficult, the ordering and the process. And so we change usually one section of the menu a few items on it change almost every week so if the salads are we change the salads and then we'll keep them for about four to six weeks and the soups change at the same time and then we change a sandwich or two and then we change an entree or two then we do the pastry and then we do breakfast and then we go back and start it all over again and because we've been in business so long it's getting a little easier in that we have a huge repertoire of recipes and it's kind of funny um Because the minute we take something off, it's always like, wait, where'd my salad go? But it's coming back. It's always coming back, you know, if it's a really good one. So, and then we like to throw new fun things in there too and stay current and try different things.
2: Well, the tomato soup, I always get, I I get the tomato soup all the time and I get upset when it isn't
3: always on the menu. Do you know that I had such a hard time from my father and I was making it at home for him all the time? that it is now permanent on the menu, tomato soup. I did
2: not know that. Yeah, seriously?
3: Yes, it is.
2: Oh my God. I I even get that in the summer. So we always have tomato soup. We always have chicken noodle
3: and matzo ball and we always have gumbo. And then we have one that will always rotate.
2: Well, I I did talk about in, in the early, the introduction that one of my comfort foods is when I'm not feeling well, I go get yum chicken soup. You know, I
3: love taking care of people through chicken soup. And I met a guest in Yum once, and she was going through breast cancer treatment, and she ended up passing away. But before she did, she said to me, she wanted to start a charity, and she wanted to, every like different people in town to donate things to this charity. And she said, will you give a quart of chicken soup to everybody that's going through treatment? And she never got it off the ground. But to this day, when somebody comes in and I know they're going through treatment, they always get a quart of chicken soup to take home. Mm. Oh Patty, oh, Patty, that's and incredible. And I've had it's kind of, you know, I try to have our employees do it instead of me now and teach people that because it can be awkward walking up to somebody and you just say, Are you going through a rough time? But food is a great commodity to love people up. Mm. Yes, it is. Yeah. What an
0: incredible heart you have, Patty. And the fact that you call what most people would call customers guests sets a tone that it's one
3: word, but it makes such a difference. When I talk about hospitality, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, I treat people like I hope we treat people like they're guests in our homes and you want them to love it. You want them to enjoy it. You want them to feel good about it. And you want to, you know, just love them up while they're there.
0: Bravo. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we talked about the fact that you built a home to be able to entertain people in your home, so I want to talk about that process as well as I know Lisa's got some more great questions talking about how you organize your day. You happen to show up today with a beautiful blouse on that I know Lisa may have uh directed you to, so we'll talk a little bit about that, and I wanna know a little bit about your family and how they're involved in your business so Stay tuned. We'll be right back. I'm very excited to welcome Share Brothers Custom Closets to our sponsorship family. I have a long history having started that business back in 1995. So to have them on as a partner in our podcast is really, it's full circle for me. And I couldn't be more excited to welcome them to the podcast. Mm-hmm. We are with Bridget Edwards from Shear Brothers Custom Closets. Tell us what sets Shear Brothers Custom Closets
1: apart from the many other options people have, both online and locally. Well, I think the biggest thing is that we've been around for almost thirty years. We started up in 1995, and what this means is that we'll be there if you want to add to your project on the line. Shear Brothers Custom Closets is not a franchise. What does that mean? I think the biggest thing is that our manufacturing facility is located in the same building as our showroom and offices. So this. This allows for great communication and latitude between manufacturing and design. Some companies have to limit their selections, shelf depths, and drawer depth, among other things. We offer complete customization without the added cost. Because we use optimization in our manufacturing process, you simply pay for the material that you use. Since we manufacture everything locally, our prices are very competitive. What's the best way for people to initiate working with Shear Brothers? The best way is either to call or you can go onto our website and from there, a designer will be in touch with you and we'll get the process started. The website is sheerbrosclosets.com. Phone number is 763-531-7400. And what's the usual time between contact and setting up an appointment? We try to give you a call or email back within 24 hours at the absolute most.
0: I would have to say that Sheer Brothers Custom Closets helps you get your zen on.
2: Great way to put it. I love that. So we are back with Patty Soskin. All right, Patty, do
3: you ever dream food? I don't remember my dreams.
2: You don't remember any of your dreams? Hardly ever, ever. Because you don't sleep. No, I tell
3: Robbie, (laughs) I just go until I drop. Yeah. No, I really, honestly, I don't remember my dreams. Wow. Dream food.
0: I don't either. You don't remember your dreams? Rarely, rarely. Now, my husband has the craziest dreams that he can recite the next day,
2: and we're just like, what in the heck does all this mean? I don't know that we necessarily want to know. Yeah, I, I can remember some dreams if I like talk about them early in the morning, <laughs> but, but after 11 o'clock, I won't remember my dreams. All
0: right, so how are you in the morning then? Are you awake and your feet hit the ground and you're off and running until you drop at night? I.
3: I'm getting a little slower in the morning than I used to be. I actually get up in the morning. I check my emails while I'm still in bed even. And I also play some games before I get out of bed. I that's wardle, good. Yeah, I, I do, I do, do the exact same, same thing, Pat. New York Times, Mini, Crossword, and the Spelling Bee before my day starts usually. I think that's great because you're doing something for just you. But then I need to, like, I can get myself late pretty easily. I can so identify
0: with that. And it's not that I need a justification, but to me, seeing what's
3: in the email list gives me an idea of what I'm going to have to tackle. Absolutely. And if there's any 911 between the restaurants, I'll see it. We do a little shift. I usually read it at night before I go to bed, but there's always a, we keep a electronic logbook. And so I can read what happened at each restaurant from shift notes every day and night. And that is kind of how I to start to figure out for sure where I need to be.
0: Well, and I have to believe too, you've talked about having your staff that's many have been in place for a lot of years. That has to give you a level of freedom knowing that your
3: locations are in good hands because you can't be everywhere. Absolutely. I mean, I, I work hard and I play hard. We've gotten to travel a bunch this winter, which I felt super fortunate about. And then there's other times where they just need you in the restaurant more. And- you know, the funny part is we have a business that the restaurant business, we're open from eight in the morning till eight at night, seven days a week. And we close on major holidays, but there's a lot of time to work open hours that you can work. So, no kidding. How did you fare through COVID Patty? Oh my gosh. I think the first three months of COVID, I probably cried happy tears every single day because people were so amazing. We never closed a day during COVID and luckily we had put a point of sale system in that, worked really well with takeout the December before COVID it happened in March. I also belong to a group of restaurant tours. There's about 40 restaurants and we were together at Yum having a meeting the day the governor announced that the restaurants would close. We used to meet once a month, but during COVID we zoomed once a week and really gave each other's ideas on how to handle things. It, I never worked more In my life, I never felt like I knew less about our business than I did at that time. And guess, like, people would come by and, like, bring money for our employees, cash, and the tips were huge because people so appreciated how hard everyone was working. I had a very different COVID experience than most people had in terms of it was extremely social. I saw tons of people. I said everybody in the whole world had a clean basement except for the Saskins, because we were working while people were cleaning their basements. <laughs> but it, was, it was it was just, people were so good and so kind. We had somebody who was baking us cookies and bringing them to the restaurant. We're a bakery, and she was dropping off cookies for our employees. I mean, just kind, good people. And, um, you know, we, we kept everybody employed, and we went from, our business used to be about 30% to 40% takeout. Obviously, we were 100% during COVID. Post-COVID, it is still in Shady Oak and St. Louis Park. It's still 50% of our business. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And during COVID, we wrote little love letters. I called them love letters to our guests. And we would put them in the takeout bags. And every week, we would change it or so. And it was just a time to connect. And so I think a really big time to connect with guests, employees who were so loyal and helpful and wonderful. And then the camaraderie in the restaurant business, you know, people, I think really changed. And instead of being competitive, we were all in it together. Friendly competitors. Yeah. But we were always there for each other and you could ask anybody a question and it was just really a good time for, for, of the bad. It was the best of the worst. Yeah. Well, and the
0: restaurant business, what is it? The number one business for failures is a restaurant business So to have your first business opened in 2005, yep, 18 years yep. of success and growth is pretty incredible. And again, you don't do that alone. You are so good about talking about the community
3: that, that helps you. What about family? Is your family well, involved? My husband joined me about four years ago, which without him during COVID, we never would have survived. We work really, I mean, we're partners forever. I've been with him since I was 16 years old. He's always been involved in the restaurant, but having him there daily is the best ever. His mind works completely different than mine in terms of he can do all the technology and let me do the creative stuff. And we are a really good team, I think. So that's super fun. We celebrate 40 years of marriage next week. Um, You do? That's amazing. 40
2: years. Wow. 40
3: years. Yes. Um, I think we're going to make it. (laughs) (laughs) And then in the beginning, oh my gosh, in the beginning, the very first, we opened early November and I remember the first Thanksgiving. I always host Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. And our whole family was here and we went around to say what we were grateful for And I burst into tears and I said, I had this idea to open a restaurant. And suddenly my entire family was in the restaurant business. And I don't just mean my husband and my kids. I mean, my sister-in-laws, my sisters, (laughs) my parents were rolling silverware. I didn't know what hit me when that restaurant opened. So it took a while to get on our feet before we hired enough people. So yes, everybody's part of the restaurant. Everybody has put a red hat on and helped out.
0: I have goosebumps. I just need you to know I have goosebumps. Wow. That's so incredible. Yeah. I'm and so- is anyone besides your husband, you have kids? Are they off doing their own thing? Where are they at?
3: They are all off doing their own thing. Our oldest child is married and Jory and Steph live in Edina and have two kids. And I'm super lucky because the grandchildren are here and we get to see them all the time. Our middle son just moved from LA to Portland and is in the sports business world, loving it, sports marketing and our youngest daughter is in chicago and she works at deloitte consulting so oh, fantastic. i'm pretty sure no one will end up in the restaurant really yeah but that's okay do you never think any say
2: never. Do, you, right. do you think any nieces or nephews might be interested down the road I don't think so. So, do you have a succession plan? Do you talk about that now?
3: As of now, we're still in the building plan. You know, we're still adding another restaurant. I'm, you know, I laugh. I'm sixty, soon to be sixty-three. We're opening our fourth restaurant, and I still love it. So, you know, hopefully, some of our employees might want to take it over someday. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, you could be. You could become employee-owned.
0: The world is your oyster. I have a feeling that whatever you decide will will work out for you. I don't see retiring ever. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, you know, Lisa and I started this podcast in our sixties. I, I, it truly is just a number. We asked our Kel Giorgio what aging is. And really that is just a number. There's the difference between aging and growing old. The numbers keep going up. You're not, we're not growing old. That's a state of mind. Well, I clearly don't feel my age. (laughs) I don't either. So, so that might be the misnomer, right? That whatever that age is and what you're feeling the creative mindset is clearly still very much there for you.
2: And the people fuel me. Yeah, that's, that's well said. The level of control
0: is not a word, but the overseeing of your business, you want to have your, your pulse on what's going on. You clearly are able to envision a plan and then execute that and turn that over to people that will run that for you. And you did the same thing in your home when you built. Lisa mentioned that her greatest memories are sitting around the table with you and your sisters and your mom and the cooking and that you are really on this earth to create community and bring people together, which you do in your own home. How did you put your home together?
3: Well, Julie Snow was our architect and my husband, Robbie, and I met with Julie. She came out to our house and we talked to her about the way we live. And I have to say, not only do we love our house 18 years, 20 years or yeah, 18 years later, but she really heard what we said when we were designing the house. And so it's really large open spaces. We used to have a kitchen a dining room, a family room, and a living room. Now that is all one. And we can take the furniture out of our living room and put it in our garage and seat 60 people for Thanksgiving. And
2: Unbelievable.
3: we took our old ovens that were in our kitchen that still knock on wood work today and built them into our garage. So I have in my <laughs> garage, I have a, this is embarrassing. I have double ovens. I have a soft serve ice cream machine and two <laughs> tires.
0: I don't think that's embarrassing. I'm going to guess that your house was the
3: house that everybody hung at when your kids were growing up. If you you cook, they will come. (laughs) I always knew what my kids were up to because they were here and all their friends were here, but they were eating. We just kept feeding them.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. That's incredible. Many of
3: those deep fryers.
0: If you're going to go out, I mean, obviously yum is going to be right. It's near and dear to your heart for reasons. Where
3: do you go for a nice meal out? Oh, boy. (laughs) I was asked this recently. They said, what's your favorite restaurant? And I said, how many children do you have? You know, who's your favorite? Different restaurants at different times. Recently, Bendisuki and Mimi, love it. Friends of ours just opened Butcher and the Boar. Super excited for them. Bar La Grassa will always be near and dear to my heart. I love Juicy Lucy's from Matt's Bar. You know, it's like, what are you hungry for? So I don't have... Uh, we don't have any restaurants that we like always go to. We, I love dining out and I love trying new restaurants. I always learn and, you know, it's fun to see what's going on. That's excellent. I believe Jason DeRussia
0: asked you that question and I stole that from him. I gotta give credit where credit is due. You it was are such correct a great question. Was
3: my answer to Jason. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when I was a kid growing up, we had a cabin in Siren, Wisconsin, and there was a restaurant, a supper club by the name of Perry's Supper Club, many, 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 many years ago. And I was friends with the daughter of the owners. And he was closed. They were closed on Tuesdays and every Tuesday they would travel around to try different supper clubs. It was my introduction to that world and it was so lovely to see. And that's what I loved about when you answered Jason too is, and in every industry, there's just room for everyone and the creativity. And the more you are open to that, the more you all raise each
3: other up. 100%. So it's super fun to the guys from craft and crew are good friends of ours that own Dukes and Stanley's and they're fantastic guys and great resources. It's just really, really fun to have friends in the business. No kidding. Lisa, you've got some more questions.
2: We have to talk about my one of my favorite things. And that's the patty cake at yum, which is our family comfort for whatever special thing we are doing, we have to have a patty cake. So what is the most popular thing ordered at your restaurant? What do you sell the most of? Well, patty cake is definitely
3: up there. Szechuan salmon, chicken club sandwiches, tuna melts, steak sandwiches. Every week we meet with the management team of each restaurant and we go through the top 15 items by dollars, but those are the ones that are always up there. Patty cake, So I've told this story, but at least I don't know if you know this. I have a sister named Lisa and I used to make patty cake for all of our family celebrations. And I taught my sister Lisa to make patty cake. And soon her friends started saying to me, have you had Lisa's cake? (laughs) And I kept saying like Lisa's cake, Lisa's cake. And finally I was like, that is not Lisa's cake. That's patty cake. And the name stuck, but it is what we use for all of our family celebrations as well. And every now and then I still need a piece of patty cake. Even I will eat it once in a while. And it just really has a great, almost like a cult following. And someday soon we're going to learn to ship those cakes. I'm going to figure it out. I just have to put yes, them Yes, you
2: you have to, because when I want to send something to somebody, right? The first thing that pops in my head is I got to send them a patty cake. I got to send them a patty cake. Because for me, that was what was special and is continuing to be special in our family. Like every celebration, you get a patty cake. You got to figure out how to do a patty cake. All right, it's Passover. on my bucket list. I want to write a cookbook. I want to ship patty cakes. And what else do I want to do? There was one more.
3: I forgot, but okay. Those, those are happening. <laughs> Sunday. Do you have a number? Oh, it's booth at the state fair. That's my favorite. Oh, yeah. You
2: I, But at the, wait, hold on. Time out. The <laughs> booth at the state fair, what do you want to sell? I don't know yet. Patty cake would be the obvious, but I have so
3: many. That is one thing I daydream about. I don't dream about that. I remember, but I daydream about having a booth at the state fair. I love the state fair. First food job, real food job ever selling rainbow ice cream at the state fair.
2: I remember that. I remember that. And Fisher and and the nuts. Yeah. Yeah. The nut booths. Yeah. Okay. I'm all for that one. All right. That's incredible. Okay. I have
0: to say, I love the patty cake. I also like the coconut. Oh, oh well,
2: yeah. Oh, how about the two,
0: there are two, Well, that there are two things that go up to the cabin religiously with us, especially if I'm having a group of people, it's the patty cake and the coconut cake. That I will stop by, pick up, and <laughs> lovingly carry it in the back seat up to the cabin. I'll how many pick- patty cakes? How many patty
3: cakes do you have you sold? Any I idea? Don't I don't even know anymore. Um,
2: <laughs> I used to keep track of that. I you don't. Know, I don't know. Thousands and thousands. I mean, for our daughter's wedding, she didn't want a wedding cake. She wanted patty cake. So Patty created a way to do it as a wedding cake and it looked beautiful. I mean, she did tiers of patty cakes and then backup patty cakes, but, and she had that for her wedding and her bat mitzvah and my son's bar mitzvah and like, it's always been a patty cake. But I
3: love that we get to be part of people's celebrations. I mean, I feel so lucky about that. That's pretty cool. So that's very cool for you in the good times and the bad. That's so
0: true. You get up in the morning. Now you're working in the kitchen. You're working in the restaurant. I got to believe you have an
3: outfit that you're wearing there. You have a uniform that you're going to wear when you're at work or do you, I used to wear a chef's coat every day. And then one of my friends said, I think it's weird that you wear a chef coat. <laughs> and so I did, not I stopped wearing it. Sometimes I felt like I was a poser wearing a chef's coat because I'm not a trained chef. So I just wear clothes, but my dry cleaners loves me because I have the world's highest dry cleaning bill. At least even turned me on to a new dry cleaner at one point. But yeah, I, I do wear street clothes to work unless I'm doing some kind of a social media event or something where I need to really represent the restaurant. Do you have a lucky piece? I
0: don't, I don't. Just whatever you're feeling for the day. Yep. Yep. If I were to walk into your closet, is it as organized as I think it is? It's pretty
3: organized. My husband says I have freshness dating on my clothes. Um, <laughs> I don't have bad feelings. Like if I make a purchasing air, I own it and get rid of it quickly. And then if I buy something for Lisa, I usually have it forever. Mm. Oh. <laughs> it's true, Lisa. All of the things I've bought from you, I'm pretty sure I still own. Oh, and how old are those boots, Lisa? Oh, my God. Okay, I, I I worked with Lisa to design a pair of boots that are comfortable that I can wear to work. People stop me and say, Can I get those boots? I, where did you get those boots? I want those boots. And I'm like, well, it's this friend and she has these shows. And so how many boots are we selling? Right. We sold more. Give Lisa We've, some we've, sold, we've
2: sold two of those boots, <laughs> but the factory is shut down for winter now. Oh.
3: But <laughs> to know. I'll, I'll, I'll
2: give it a break. So let's wait till next year. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Patty.
0: <laughs> I was recently in Brynmar, Renee Keller Interior Design, yep. and she just opened her her place in Brynmar, which is just wonderful. And I stopped by to have coffee with her. And I was walking across the street wearing a pair of shoes that Lisa helped me design—pair of boots, uh, the little patchwork, gray and black and suede—and a woman stopped in the middle of the intersection leaned out her window and said (laughs) where did you get those boots don't you love that and I
2: think I did say Jennifer Tattinelli I
3: just forward Lisa's cell phone to everybody Oh,
2: that's a good idea. Well, yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> Sorry, it's, Lisa. no, it's okay. It's okay. But yes, they are Jennifer Tattinelli's boots and shoes and they're the best. And that's why I continue to do business with her because there's nothing else like it. Because not no. only are they cute, but you
3: can wear them all day long.
2: All, all day, day long.
0: long. All and day I don't long. wear
3: heels. So for me to
0: put on a probably two inch heel is something else and be comfortable all day long in them. All right, last question before we get on to the nonprofit. Well, last question, and then we want to give a plug. You've got your new store opening when,
3: or your new restaurant opening in Woodbury. Hopefully in July. I'm goofy. I make crazy things up in my head. Lisa, you'll remember this. The third Monday in July, my husband's family always put on the diabetes golf tournament, it was a fundraiser for the Diabetes Association. My mother in law had diabetes. And in the 18 years that the golf tournament was on that third Monday in July, it never rained. It was always sunny. And my mother-in-law passed away the day of one of the golf tournaments, the day of oh. the second to the last golf tournament. So in my mind, when they said the restaurant will, should be done in July, and I said third Monday. So that's uh-huh. what I'm, but that's if everything goes as planned. So we'll see.
2: Oh, Patty, I love that. That gets me teary eyed. I know. Yeah. Good mojo
3: though. It just feels right.
2: Yep. Does feel right. Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of the kitchen, her mother-in-law also loved being in the kitchen. She did. She was a fantastic cook. Oh, how about her cinnamon pull apart cake? Oh yeah. How about that she had
3: five children and like was a short order cook and made each one what they wanted to eat. Oh, I witnessed
2: it many times.
3: Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding? Well, (laughs) then your husband knew what he was doing when he got together with you. Yes. But he was a picky eater because his mom now he's not. But then because his mom made him a special meal every single time she Mm. cooked.
2: (laughs) Mm. When I would come over and sleep overnight because I was very good friends with her husband's sisters, she would make me a special meal. (laughs) I'm sure she did. Whatever you wanted, she would make. Cinnamon pull-apart cake.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, that makes sense with your sweet tooth, Lisa. Yeah, Uh, Patty, we
3: got to ask the question. If you were a dog breed, what would you be? (sighs) Oh, well, okay. So last year, we lost our Havanese of 18 years. So even though she's probably smaller than I'd really be... My little Havanese, Edith, who was so near and dear to us. I don't think I'd be that small of a dog, but I have such love for Havanese because of her. So I don't it's know. It's such a great breed. Yeah, they're wonderful.
0: But they're they are little, wonderful. I always thought of
3: myself as a big dog person. So who knows? Probably a doodle of some like Burmese Mountain Dog Doodle or <laughs> I don't know what. Burma Doodle. Those doodles, you know, they're kind of hoes.
1: And I don't like to
3: uh, hear that shed, so it would have to have a little doodle in there probably. Okay, I love it. So maybe do they ever
0: can you can you mix a Havanese with a doodle is the Havanese question. don't shed
3: either. That's why we have Yeah, it. right? Yeah. So
0: yeah. That would be an interesting. Oh my gosh, Patty. Thank you so much for being with us. We love the nonprofit
3: that you selected. It makes sense. Tell us about it and why you selected this one. So we're involved with so many different nonprofits, but I chose Open Arms St. Paul partly because of our new commitment to St. Paul. So it had to be something in St. Paul for today. Also Open Arms, I wanted it to be food related and Open Arms prepares meals for people in need and their families and not only do they prepare meals but they prepare really good food and made from scratch food and i love that and whenever we have sometimes in the summer we buy more chickens than we can use all the parts of like we won't use the thigh and the leg necessarily so i can call open arms and say hey you guys i got some chicken for you and they make these wonderful meals out of it and so many restaurant friends have gone on to work with open arms. So they have talented people making great food for people in need. So I love that for that.
0: And I love their mission by providing food as medicine. We nourish our clients and build community, which I feel like you could speak to that all day long. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. And it is openarmsmn.org. And we encourage you to look more into that and Patty, thank you. Thank you so, so much.
3: Thanks,
2: guys. It was fun chatting. It was, it was very special for me to have you on this podcast. You were on the top of the list when we decided to do a podcast. So thank I am so very, much. very happy that we Yay. finally did this. So.
3: so nice to meet you, Katie. And you uh, as well.
2: Yum. Oh, my gosh.
0: That's
3: one thing we didn't ask, but got to ask it. How did you choose Yum? Oh, actually, it's funny. We hired somebody to come up with a name and they gave me like four pages of names and nothing resonated with me at all. And then a girlfriend gave me a cookbook and she signed it yum. Oh wow. And I was like, I got the I was like, Yum, that's it. Yum kitchen and I had always said I wanted kitchen and bakery in it. And that was it. I was done. And then another friend in those days I was snowboarding and I belonged to a group of women that were snow broads and one of them was a graphic designer and i'm like hey i'm thinking about opening this restaurant i want to call it yum could you do our logo for us and she did all of the beginning graphics and packaging and she is back in our world doing it again and she just did the layout for the truck Uh, yeah so i love that for the truck which is called the paddy wagon.
0: (laughs) Which just brings more joy than you can even imagine. I can't wait to see that bopping around town.
3: And how's that for full circle that it really came from Lisa? (gasps) I know. We were
0: talking a little bit offline about
2: that. And that's incredible. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about that. I can't wait to tell my kids. It'll make
3: you smile when you see it on the road.
2: I'm already smiling. I can't wait to tell my kids.
0: I don't know. My son might still be mad. All right. Well, we need to get together. We'll come into Yum. We'll have lunch. We'll get a picture of you two in front of the paddy wagon. Feels. So- feel.
2: Sounds good.
0: Love All right.
3: Guys, Thanks thank you, Patty. So much
0: Despite the fact that I make you crazy, can we
2: just say that she is incredible? She's the best. Love her to death. Just so happy we were able to have her on as a guest. And I might have to go to Yum for lunch today. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you
0: so much for putting that together. She really is fantastic. And she is a study in what success looks like in that industry.
2: And always having a positive attitude and always taking something that might be negative or stressful and twisting it, making a positive. Patty has always been like that. I've always admired her for that. And hopefully she can figure out the delivery stuff and people listening can start getting some of her goodies. Otherwise, they're going to have to come to Minnesota to go to Yum!, But I love what she
0: said as we put a nice bow on Patty Soskin. She said, happiness is in my DNA. And it is. What an incredible way to describe yourself and what an incredible joy she brought to us. So thank you again. Now, I like to think we bring joy to the people that we work with. I hope so. Yes. And they might not realize it when they're first starting down the path because we're Taking them out of their comfort zones, and we're giving them different things to think about. And we all are creatures of habit. So if you want to spark some joy to share a phrase from Marie Kondo, you can reach me, Katie, at katieharms.com.
2: My website is katieharms.com. And Lisa, how about you? You can get a hold of me at my website, wardrobeconsulting.net, or you can email me at Lisa. At wardrobeconsulting.net. And you can find us at theviewinyourmirror.com.
0: Please give us a like, a rating, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We appreciate that so much. We appreciate you listening. We know that you have a lot of choices in who you listen to. So the fact that you share your time with us is phenomenal. And we know that you have a pretty phenomenal view in your mirror. And we thank you until next time.